action. Hello and welcome to another episode of Your Average Critics. I'm joined currently by Obi, um, but Chris should be joining us later. So how are you, Obi? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm very good. Cinema has returned. We... So, I mean, yeah. I mean, how's it been for you? How, how have you found the experience, um, social distancing, like things like that? How have you found it? To be honest, it's been pretty calm for me. Uh, I think in general, uh, pretty much every, no film that I've gone to see has been anywhere near packed out. So mm. um, I think they do the thing where uh, if I book a seat, then two seats to the left of me, two seats to the right of me, they'll they won't they'll block it so people can't sit sit there, which I think yep. is really. To be honest, which I think is good anyway, because I don't really like sitting next to people in general. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's like, for me, that's like a, a bonus. But um, yeah, but pretty much every film I've gone to see, like there's been, I would say, 10 people maximum, absolute maximum in the theatres. Oh, really? Been, yeah, I've been four times, I think, okay. in, the, in the last week and a bit. Oh, four so, times? Wow, okay. Yeah. All oh, right. Yeah, because I saw Inception. Oh, and I saw Tenet twice, and then I saw New Mutants. What was it like seeing Inception on the big screen? It was sick, to be fair. Yeah, because I never watched it on the. I never watched it in the cinema. Yeah, it was oh, sick. Oh, mate. Like, yeah, like visually, like sound, like everything. It was like it was proper sick. Yeah, I still don't un- un- understand half of it. <laughs> <but> yeah. <laughs> and it's been ten years. So maybe, <laughs> maybe by twenty thirty, we'll understand what Tenet means. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, I think we go to the same cinema chain. Um, no free promos here, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, you know, they've got lots of signs, lots of hand sanitising. Um, you know, right at the beginning, there's a big screen that says, you know, sanitise your hands, keep your mask on, and blah, blah, blah. And then it comes up just before the main feature. Um, again, yeah, not doesn't seem too popular at the moment. I think people are still a bit uh, uneasy about it. I know in America as well, um, the director of Doctor Strange, Scott Derrickson, came out and said, uh, don't go and see Tenet in the cinema. It's too risky, you know. Um so, you know, that there is an inherent risk, but, you know, we all wore face masks, which is not very comfortable for three hours in a cinema. But, you know, for me, it was worth having to do that to kind of get back to to seeing the films in the cinema. And to me, that there is no, you know, I'm talking like a bit of a yadar, but there is no substitute for that. Like, to just purely sit there in a darkened room with a heightened kind of sound, whatever, whether it's Dolby or whatever, you know, the screen. I mean, I've got, you know, humble brag here, but 4K TV at home, but still, you know, sitting on that sofa, being near the fridge, being able to pause it, you know, yeah. it's it's just too easy to be like, oh, you know, maybe I will get another drink or maybe I'll just, I don't know, you know, you just you, get distracted. You think you can even be engaged with a film, but I can just decide to go on my phone for like, two minutes and then two minutes turns into ten minutes, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it would just like I could even be enjoying what I'm watching, but there's so many distractions so readily available. It's just it's easy to take yourself out of the film. Exactly. Yeah. So I mean I'm I'm buzzed to be back. Been I've seen two films, um Tenet, which we'll talk about when Chris is here. And yeah. New Mutants. Uh, Quickly, um yeah. I, I don't know if you want to wait till Chris is here, but do you want to talk about um the DC fandom or should we wait till Chris is here? Um, yeah, probably wait till Chris is here. Um, okay. I, do you know what? I forgot about that, and mm. quite a lot came out about that. So yeah, because um, you're you're 
you were low-key fuming a little bit the other day, I feel like. <laughs> the, the Snyder Cut thing. Yeah, the Snyder Cut thing. But yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. Yeah, we can oh. talk about it later, though. Also, I just want to point out that Disney have said they're going to release Mulan for free on Disney Plus in December. So December? That's long. So if you pay 30 quid for it three months early, you're a bit of a mug, Literally. to be honest. So um, what, is it not going to be in the cinema at all? Well, I don't know, because when I was at said cinema chain, um, they had a poster up that said Mulan March 12th. Yeah. But it didn't have a year, so I don't know if it was supposed to have come out in March this year or if it's coming it out. So maybe, yeah, I don't know. Um, I also think we should uh, touch on the tragic news yeah. of Chadwick Boseman passing away from colon cancer at the age of 43. I mean, this man was a relatively late bloomer. I think he didn't really come to much prominence until 2013 um, when he would have been in his early to mid-30s. But, I mean... When did Black Panther come out? 2016? 2018. 2018? Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, that must have been when Ryan Coogler met him then, 2016. But, you know, considering he got diagnosed in 2016, and since then he's done Black Panther, Avengers Infinity War, Endgame, 21 Bridges, The Five Bloods, plus all the commitments for, you know, press junkets and everything like that. You know, this man, and for it not to come out in public either... Like that's it's... the thing. Like you never know. You like you literally never know what someone's going through until like, I'm. I was even talking the other day. I'm. I'm so surprised that they managed to keep it uh, between his, in his camp like for so long. Mm. Like that literally, literally, it seems like no one knew. I was even wondering. Like, do you think? Do you think Disney knew? I thought like Disney, Disney must have known. Surely. Well, I, th- I read Ryan Coogler's kind of statement, and a lots. Of, there's been so much kind of outpouring of love for him. Um, but Ryan Coogler said he didn't know, you know, and they were presumably working on Black Panther too. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, I, I don't know kind of if you want to talk a bit about it, but I can't comprehend how much of an impact he would have had on Mm. kind of the black community as, you know, the quintessential black superhero, Mm. you know, I, I even like Brian Coogler even said in this thing that it was Chadwick Boseman who wanted them to the, the language of Wakanda to be Hosa, which I think is a South African language, yeah. and for T'Challa to have an African accent. You know, it's. Yeah. it's I mean, I, I can't comprehend how important that must be for that culture. But yeah. no, it's that's the thing because like for people, obviously, I'm like. I'm a, we're grown men now, so maybe it won't have as big impact on us. But for like little kids, teenagers, whoever, it's so important to see people on the screen who look like you. Mm. And like, there was, I can't remember what I was watching earlier, but there, it was like a thing that literally one of the quotes was like, heroes can come from anywhere. So like, people like me and you growing up, I think the majority of superheroes you would see are like white males, I would mm-hmm. say. Yeah, like, and I think in this day and age, it's so important to see like different races on screen, different genders on screen. Even the fact that in Black Panther, you've got tons of strong black women on the screen as well. Yeah, and like that springboards uh, film opportunities like Shang Chi and mm-hmm. whatever else. You know, I don't know what else they might be planning, but other other races to have 
leading leading cast and it shows that these sorts of properties are profitable and then in your in the eyes of like little kids who will look like the amount of people the amount of videos i've seen of just like little kids who were just so happy to go and see black panther waiting to see black panther and like the amount of people that that chadwick boseman inspired like honestly like the amount of ah uh, honestly like when i when i found out on saturday like i was literally like devastated yeah, I was shocked because it literally was like came out of nowhere. And I think, you know, that's a testament to obviously his his family and his network that, you know, there wasn't any leaked kind of knowledge. I mean, you know, I when I saw him in The Five Bloods, I was like, oh, he's lost a lot of weight. But that, yeah, you, that's the thing. That could so have like, been for a film role. It could have been, yeah, you know, exactly. anything. There was, a, there was a video of him on Instagram. It might have been February, maybe January. Where he was looking really thin, and people and people kind of, few people like kind of making fun of him and stuff like that. And I was thinking like he does look like he's lost a lot of weight, but I just I just made the assumption that he was he was doing it for a role in a film. Mm. And like I think he did a speech like there's a speech I don't know if you've seen the video he did for Denzel Washington I think it was last year maybe or it might no. be this year. And he, in that he looked super thin as well. And like you don't think anything of it, like because you don't hear anything. And then obviously. For it to happen, for him to go as suddenly as he did, you're just like, oh, okay, this all makes sense now. And yeah, it's just, oh man, it's crazy. Like, yeah. 2020 has been, this year has been fucking ridiculous. shit, mate. And you just think, like, you know, there, yeah, I mean, there, there are much worse people in the world who, mm. you know, are still alive. And it, it's just so unfair. But, yeah. you know, I think hopefully Marvel do a fitting tribute in, you know, the the next kind of. Uh, it's probably too soon for Black Widow, but yeah, um, that's the thing. I'm just trying to like, I'm not in the not trying to be insensitive. But I'm just thinking how how this is going to work for um like for the future of like well, the Marvel universe. I, I don't want to be insensitive, but I'm just not. No, I th- I think you know. I think within two hours of of his death being announced, Screen Rant, um, the website had an article up about what's the future of Black Panther, and I think that was a bit too soon. Um, Yeah. I think it is a valid question. I don't know how far along with production they were. Mm. I mean, Black Panther, I think, is is the sort of character that it doesn't have to be T'Challa. Yeah. And I think in terms of the kind of mythology of Wakanda you've got the soul plane I mean they could it's it's so I mean it's so tough because it's still so raw do you have maybe them acknowledging that T'Challa has passed in the in the film or is or do they leave it for a you know a kind of post-credits kind of tribute that they did to Stan Lee you know it I mean I don't envy them having to have those conversations because and also what's really sad is, you know, obviously, aside from the fact that he's a human being, a father, a brother, a son, you know, all of these things, the fact that for the Marvel Universe, you know, he could have been like a mainstay for so long, you know, yeah. sort of like Robert Downey Jr. is for Tony Stark, because yeah. he had a brief appearance in Civil War, brief in end game he was quite a big part of infinity war but you know you just feel like 
as an actor and as an actor within the MCU, he was his potential wasn't yeah. fulfilled. And not to say that his performances were bad, no, but he could have been so much more. We only got to see such a small amount of him in his career and even his stock as an actor was just going up and up and up. Yeah. Like and the, the, like you said, the importance he had on on kind of people from black community who like seeing the visual representation of him on yeah. screen. Um, and even um, him playing some, like he played Jackie Robinson, Thurgood Marshall, James Brown, like that was, before he got into Black Panther, like his thing was like uh, portraying uh, like iconic black people basically in like autobiographical side kind of sort of film and that was kind of like what he was known for before he come, come into the MCU and even after he did a couple of things as well and like even that is important in showing in accurately showing like the legacy of the people who come before him kind of thing yeah well rest in peace Chadwick yeah, Boseman in peace I was, oh, mate, I was honest, I was, oh, I was so upset, literally. Oh. Oh. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, on, on to, you know, continuing with the, the Marvel theme, um, we've got, obviously, the New Mutants, which I never <laughs> thought would actually ever be released. <laughs> um, uh, I think so, you're not the only one. You're not the only one. <laughs> but, I mean, it's it's been, what, three years since we had the first yeah, trailer? Which- Literally three. It was first quite in twenty seventeen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, fuck me. So three years, three years later, it actually was released in cinemas. Um, whereas, you know, I think a lot of people maybe thought they'd just shove it onto Disney Plus. Mm. Um, interestingly, I don't know if you noticed at the beginning of the like the intro credits that it said twentieth century studios rather than twentieth century oh, yeah. Fox. It so is, uh, yeah. to me, that suggests that Disney are keeping that as a brand and obviously just mm. renamed it from fox which i think is an interesting um uh just an interesting point um yeah so new mutants i think mm. the hype was big at the beginning for me certainly you know was sort it? Of, I, I was i was looking forward to it you know oh, like okay. a an x-men film within the horror sort of genre i was like yeah i'm here for it you know characters we don't really know oh sort of very much self-contained. sorry that mm-hmm. this whole Obviously, I'm I'm jumping the gun a bit here, but the whole horror vibe is horrendously fraudulent on Fox's part compared to what's been put actually been put out. Like this film had, for me, had zero horror vibes. Even like PG really, I, I thought it had zero really? horror vibes. Zero. You know One of my questions. I'm a pussy. How did, like, yeah, literally, I was going to ask because like, how did you kind of cope with it? Because I mean, we're sort of jumping around a bit, but yeah, I mean, those kind of smiley men, that you know, they're kind of. A little oh, bit yeah, terrifying yeah. to look at. I guess. I guess. But like, yeah, I, honestly, I was expecting... Because I think, obviously, the big thing about this was that, that there was tons of reshoots. I think, uh, wasn't it, they wanted to reshoot it so it was less horror vibe? Or was it more horror vibe? I can't remember. Um, but, yeah, when I watched it, I was, I was... In terms of, like, the horror element of it, I was severely, severely underwhelmed. Severely underwhelmed. And I'm, okay. like I said, I'm a massive pussy when it comes to horror. So anything scares me. Uh, fair enough i mean i i thought they they captured it quite well i mean it is a pg-13 in america so you know it's not gonna go too harsh but i like the fact that they didn't rely on jump scares it was very much like you know the creepy man smiley men you know 
coming down the stairs and just relentless the relentlessness of it and it yeah. I felt like it built built quite well. But yeah, like I said, I was I was quite looking forward to it initially, and then with all the delays and the talks about reshoots, which apparently never happened, and X Y Z, you know, you just sort of thought, oh, this thing's going to be a calamity. Um, yeah. And it has not been received very favourably. Not um, at all. <laughs> I mean, what did you think of it? If I'm being honest, right, uh, I think it's it's okay. Like it's it's an average. I'd say it's an average film. It's not terrible. It's not twenty five percent Rotten Tomatoes. It's not that bad. Like no. I reserve that for films like Sleepless. Like <laughs> like films that are that bad. I think okay, oh, they mate, deserve that was terrible. Yeah, they deserve that score. This doesn't deserve that score. This isn't. I think the audience score for this is like fifty six percent. I'd say that's about right. Fifty six, sixty. Yeah, like six, a, six, a, six, a, six out of ten. I would. Say. Yeah, it's a six out of like, ten. I wouldn't, like I, I said in one of our group chats, I wouldn't advise anyone to go and pay money to see it. Uh, but if it was come out on streaming, I'd say, yeah, give that a watch. It's only, it's only an hour and a half. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's okay. Um, but yeah, it's not great. But I think there were little bits of it that I liked. Um, I thought, I don't know if you agree, but it was kind of like a, kind of like a breakfasty club kind of vibe. But obviously, with that, like superhero stuff. Yeah, that's what he was going for. So um, I thought that worked fairly well. I think the only thing that was a shame, or that in the fact that it was so short, not meant, there wasn't much character development. I thought anyway, mm. um, you kind of just got these uh, five kids, six kids, how many there are, and they were like, "Oh, I'm, I'm like this. I'm this personality. I'm that personality." And then what? Two of them clash, and then. They kind of clash throughout the whole film, and then everyone's friends by the end. But we didn't really get to see anyone, anyone develop really, apart from uh, maybe uh, Danny, whatever name was. Yeah, um, agreed. I, I think I was pleasantly surprised with it, only because I think my expectations had dropped quite a lot. Um, I quite liked the kind of self-contained nature of it. Like it's just set in like this hospital, really. There's what, seven characters in the entire film, really. Uh. You know, so you've got the five kind of mutants, you've got um, Dr. Reyes and then, you know, Danny's dad, maybe maybe the priest, but, you know, fairly. So, yeah, I, I quite liked it for what it was. Um, I think. I think it's a shame that, you know, all the merger and COVID and all the kind of reshoots and the studio wasn't reportedly not very happy with it, blah, 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 because he originally envisaged this as a trilogy. So, mm. you know, presumably you would have had a lot more scope for character development. And mm. considering it was a short film and, you know, there's a fair amount to establish, I think maybe that the one character that, I would have liked to a bit know a bit a little bit more about was Sunspot. Um, Which one was Sunspot again? The Brazilian guy who overheats. Yeah. Because he was sort of like the only person that you didn't quite know why he was there. Well, I mean, they all killed all killed people, didn't they? I think that's why they're all there. Yeah, they but killed, I mean, how do, how does Wolfsbane yeah. end up? How does Wolfsbane end up in America, considering she's Scottish? You know, that's true. That's true. How does you know, I mean, they said that um, Sunspot's parents sent him from Brazil mm. to there, but mm. 
Yeah, I mean, he, he had the strongest American accent to me, anyway, as well. I was thinking, like, <laughs> sound the least bit Brazilian, but sure. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, and this is this was. I mean, there is a, a a fair amount of kind of controversy about this film in its yeah. casting. So, um, obviously, Danny Moon, what's her name? Moon. Moonshine. Moonstar, I think, yeah. So she's obviously of Native American heritage and Sunspot is, in the comics, Afro-Brazilian. Um, and, well, I think the main kind of controversy is around, I think his name's Henry Zaga, his casting as a um, Latin-Brazilian. Um, you know, there's, there's an argument of I don't know if it's quite whitewashing or kind of colorism, maybe. Uh, and the director was asked about this, and he said, and, and I mean, I'll try and not misrepresent his quote. Uh, so apparently, the director Josh Boone looked at hundreds of Brazilian actors from different different ethnic backgrounds. Boone argues everyone else lacked the gravitas Zaga brought to the role. Don't know if that translates particularly well across to the screen. Um, you won't have any arguments from me. I saw every shade under the sun. It was the same case with Blue Hunt, who plays Danny Moonshot, uh, Moonstar. Sorry. It's like we looked at 300 Native American people and people very close to that community. My goal is to find the best actor who, because they've done so little work, was at least the closest to the kind of what I saw in my head for the character. There was nobody who held a candle to Henry Zaga. It's like maybe if Henry didn't exist, I would have found somebody who was darker skinned who exemplified what I needed. But I was never, it was never about the colour of their skin for me. I didn't care so much about the racism I've heard about in Brazil, about light skinned versus dark skinned. To me, it was I wanted to represent Brazil in a positive way and find somebody who seemed like he could look like a guy who's had a silver spoon in his mouth and who had a rich dad. Henry exemplified all these things. So to me, there's quite a lot of problematic stuff in that quote. Yeah. Um, I mean, the fact he says I didn't care so much about the racism in Brazil. I mean, flat that's really stupid thing to say. <laughs> yeah, light skin versus dark skin. I mean, as as a white man, you know, he he, and um, same with me. I you know probably don't fully understand all of the kind of problematic you knowness of of that. Um, but educate yourself. In the comics, he's an Afro-Brazilian character. So to cast someone who is not that is is problematic in itself because you're, you know, doing a disservice to the character, the comic character, and also the fact that he he's essentially implying that because this actor is lighter-skinned, he looks like he could be rich, which to me yeah. suggests that if he was darker-skinned, it would not be believable that he was rich. Yeah. And that is also very problematic. Mm. So, I mean, you know, how how important is it for if a character in a comic is Afro-Brazilian, is it acceptable to be like, well, I did cast a Brazilian. You know, I mean, I mean you know, how, how misjudged is this? Um, I don't know, because if... Like, this is me being completely honest because if the kid, uh, what's his face, Zago, if he come in and he absolutely killed the role, I 
probably like, okay, sweet. Like, I wouldn't be, <laughs> I wouldn't be too bothered. Probably wouldn't be, wouldn't be as bothered about it as I am. It's the fact that he come in and I didn't see any of this gravitas that that Josh Boone was talking about, mm. and the fact that like representation matters. Obviously, like this director obviously doesn't seem to agree. <laughs> but yeah. in a, I can't imagine how many Afro um, Latino characters that are in the, in the MC in the Marvel universe there can't be many I'm thinking anyway so people from that background must, would probably be thinking oh this is a chance for like one of my people to be represented on a big screen and then suddenly that's snatched away from you by someone who looks absolutely nothing like you who doesn't bring anything particularly uh superior to the role that I can see anyway mm-hmm. uh, so yeah it's, I, it's pretty disheartening I would say obviously I'm not from that community so I can't really I can't convey uh, anyone from any of their feelings. But to me, yeah, it's quite disappointing in, in that regard, I think. It's just, a, it continues a trend of, you know, Hollywood, the Hollywood systems like kind of disregarding kind of the more, I guess, the minutiae of, of kind of racial discussion. It's like, oh, he's Brazilian, so it's fine. It's like, I don't mm. think that's necessarily the problem. If they'd cast someone who was Afro, kind of South American, but from an Af- African descent, you know, maybe they're Afro Argentinian or something. <laughs> I don't think people would be like, "Oh, he's not Brazilian." You know, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. You know, the fact that you know they cast Daniel Taylor Joy is magic, and she puts on a Russian accent. Like, you know, that's to me less problematic than kind of lightening yeah. someone's skin color. I mean, you know, that's that's. I think it's just important to talk about that, particularly when we were talking about, you know, Black Panther and and the representation of that. Um, you know, because there was there's there was possibly they possibly could have got it wrong there as well if they'd kind of, you know, cast people like lighter skinned, kind of African descent actors. So, yeah, I mean. Aside from that, yeah, I don't think Sunspot was particularly well developed. I don't necessarily think that. I mean, the actor wasn't bad, but he also wasn't, you know, great. So, um, I think they gave him a bit, of the, quite a bit of the comedic stuff. Um, didn't particularly come off that well, in my opinion. Like, a bit, yeah. a little bit forced at times. But, hey. hey and also, none of their, like, the powers just the power levels. I think like Wolfsbane just seemed to be the shittest of them all. She could just turn into a wolf, like yeah, it's a bit dead. Like, I was just thinking, like, <laughs> she's like she can like sniff people out and that, which is great, and she can see in the dark, I suppose. But <laughs> yeah, it's a bit. Rubbish. I don't know, uh, Iliana. I don't know what her power is at all. <laughs> she's fucking honest. magic, mate. She just goes into like Runescape and comes out with a sword. With arm. She can go to Limbo. I was like, what is she can she can like transform transform from place to place. I was like, what is your power? I was so confused. Yeah. But um I actually like I quite liked her character though. Obviously she's like the, the classic bitch, do you know what I mean? But yeah. Um yeah I thought she was decent. The only thing I I thought that the acting I feel like in the film gets better as the film goes along. I feel like at the start when Danny first gets into the hospital, her acting in particular is a bit cringy. Like when she's kind of like being bullied by uh, Ileana I, and she's kind of like 
all this. Don't say any. Keep my dad's name out of your mouth. Duh, duh, duh. I was just like, oh god. <laughs> it either needed better lines or it needed better acting. <laughs> One of the two. I'm not sure. But yeah, that's a bit. Yeah. And then I thought it was a bit heavy-handed. Uh, at one point where they're watching TV and you see uh, Wolfsbane, whatever her name is, she's watching two girls kiss on the screen. I was like, okay, so she's gay then. Like, I don't think you needed to, I don't think you needed to put that on the TV screen. Like, I feel like you could have just, you know, done it a bit more subtly, but, you know, whatever. That literally had two two women kissing and she was, like, enthralled in what was on the screen. I was just like, all right, fair enough. I guess she's yeah. gay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And also in that shower scene, you're sort of like, yeah, because how old are they? I'm, I was a bit like, oh, this is a bit uncomfortable. <laughs> this, this is the thing that is like pervasive throughout Hollywood is having actors or actresses who, I mean, the, the, the Blue Hunt who plays Danny is, is 25, but they make a point yeah. of saying she's 16 in the film. She looks well young for her age. And you're like, you know, Jesus. It's, it's just, I don't know, it's a, it's a bit it's like borderline, you know, noncy. Do you know what I mean? Like, if you said she was 18, then you'd be like, okay, I get it, but... Yeah. I don't know. Am I talking shit? No, I, I, completely, I completely understand where you're coming from. <laughs> yeah. Well, because yeah, I was watching, I was like, this is a bit, like, this is a bit weird, like, because... Could, could this conversation did, have know... happened when they were clothed? <laughs> yeah. I was, I didn't really know how old, I think I didn't, I don't know if they said before the shower scene how old she was or not. It might have been. I feel like it was afterwards. I don't know. Maybe they were like, oh, shit, we need to clarify this. Yeah. I was like, this is a bit, mm, I don't really know what's, uh, <laughs> what's yeah. going on right now. Yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised that she's 25 though. She looks super young. Yeah. Um, good moisturizing routine, maybe. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, uh, it's a tough question because obviously it's hard to kind of forget about all of the kind of troubled production history but if you had just seen this film without the knowledge of all of the troubled production and how long it's taken to come to cinemas would you have seen a sequel uh would i've seen a sequel not with the way they ended it in that film no Um, okay i don't think the way the film ended sets up anything towards the sequel to be honest Mm -hmm. uh i don't know maybe if they'd given obviously they they i think uh, I've read that he wanted to put in like a post-credit scene, but he said there's literally no point because <laughs> that that franchise is dead now. So I get yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, yeah, they they did film one, and it had um, Antonio Banderas as Sunspot's dad. Um, oh. I, I think it would have set someone up as a as a new villain or something. There was talks about like Sasha Baron Cohen playing someone. Um, but yeah, like yeah, you said, the- dead now. <laughs> Yeah, and um, yeah, and it didn't really. Obviously, they had the little thing with um, the Essex Corporation, which I yeah. feel like is a link to Logan. <clears throat> I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong. Is it Possibly, I, I thought I recognized it, um, yeah. but I couldn't remember where from. I feel you like mean? in Logan, like the little kids, you know, uh, like where the place where they come from, I feel like that's the Essex Corporation. I could be wrong. Oh, yeah, yeah, like the X program. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, if you'd, yeah, if you'd. If you, uh, the question you just asked me, yeah, if I'd watched that film with absolutely zero context about anything, then I probably wouldn't be very excited for a sequel. No, probably wouldn't okay. be. Yeah. I mean, they. I probably would have. I probably would have just been like, yeah, you know what, just do the trilogy. Yeah. See what it's like, because I think it was relatively cheaper 
than mm. a lot of the X-Men films to the point where I think the production team even said because they were talking about that they tried to bring in lots of different script writers and Josh Boone basically was like nope 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 this is my vision blah 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 and one of the producers was like we could film an entire new film with the same budget and it would still be cheaper than the X-Men films That's yeah uh, but and also kind of it's probably a death knell for him saying this but Josh Boone came out and said you know what following Dark Phoenix isn't too bad because you can't get any worse than that film but um, uh, I think cri- critically <laughs> critically we'll say differently I mean I think this is a better film than Dark Phoenix and Apocalypse but that is definitely also not, not saying much definitely Apocalypse I, I, well I didn't mind I thought Dark Phoenix was actually not that bad but yeah fair enough it's like compared shit and shit in it so yeah <laughs> Um, I don't know if you want to talk about some of the trailers we've seen. Um, uh, I mean, basically the same ones for both films for me. But Bill and Ted face the music looks dreadful. I haven't seen that trailer yet. Oh my god, it looks so shit. Really? Yeah. I mean, I've seen, I've probably seen both of the original Bill and Ted's. You know, I haven't seen any of it's, it. It's two bros, man. Like, Is it like Dumb and Dumber, basically? I mean. To the point where they're a bit thick, yeah. But, you know, they're like, you know, dude, you know, hey, dude. Kevin and Perry, um, all that stuff. Yeah, they're just sort of like kind of man-children. And, Fair enough. Um, I mean, it's back, it must have been the 80s when the first ones came out. Um, and obviously Keanu Reeves' stock has kind of risen and Alex Winters, I don't think, he's really done very much since. But, you know, it, I think it was very much of its time and... Probably one of those films where you should have just let let be, <laughs> because yeah. now you've got Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter who are what in their fifties, kind of playing characters that they haven't played for like thirty five years, <laughs> or thirty years. What, one last hurrah, isn't it? Oh, but no, I mean the trailer just makes it look so shit, so cringy. Like there's CGI and it looks terrible. It just looks like they're purposely being bad actors and. Maybe the trailer's not doing it justice, but oh, it I just, watched it. to me, I was like, this is not necessary. Okay. Um, what then, uh, Black Widow, which looks pretty decent. Is that, is that a new trailer, the Black Widow trailer? Because I feel like I've never seen that trailer before. I think it is, because I didn't realise that Taskmaster was going to be in it. Or maybe I did, but I feel like they hadn't showed that before. Because I think I the first trailer was very much like putting Florence Pugh's character as potentially the villain, whereas mm. this one was very much like, oh no, they're a family, they're fighting Taskmaster. Yeah. So Showing I'll... like the, all those women in the uh, academy or whatever it was called. I don't know what the fuck it was. The Red Room. Yeah. yeah. I feel like I've not seen it before. No, me neither. But it looks... It looks it's, just, it's a good trailer. Yeah. It, it looks like quite well choreographed and all that mm. jazz. So um... I, hope they, I really hope they don't decide to put that on streaming. They need to just just bring it out in the cinema. Don't piss me off. <laughs> Please. I mean, presumably, if they're showing the trailer in the cinema, then... True. Um, you know, it'll come on. And then the other one was Wonder Woman 1984, which oh, yeah. shows um, Kristen Wiig's cheetah in her actual kind of cheetah get-up. What do so... you think of it? The, the cheetah thing? <sighs> I mean, I was a bit like... I think initially when I saw it after the the DC fandom thing, I was like, "Oh, cool! You know, we've seen the villain. 
Because I thought Pedro Pascal's character was probably going to be the villain. I um, think he is. Oh, okay. But in this trailer, he looks a bit... He seems a bit more like the mad scientist that something's gone wrong and he's like, shit, right. this has gone too okay. far. But again, that's just the trailer. I mean, her as Cheetah, I mean, I wasn't particularly enthused about Wonder Woman fighting an animal. You know, the whole kind of, oh, I wanted to be an apex predator. I was like, okay. Is is this really kind of a... I don't know. I was a bit like, meh. Wasn't too bothered. So what do you think about it? Um, uh, The trailer or Cheetah? Both. The trailer, I like the trailer. Um, I think I like the bits where they show Wonder Woman being like really like physical and like it's all like I, I, it's all well and good like showing her swinging on lightning and you know using the lasso of truth to deflect bullets and stuff but I like it when she like when there's physical combat I think she like and even the bit where like she's fucking pegging it down the street I'm like yeah that, bit, that looks sick um, yeah I like I think the trailer's pretty cool she, uh, I think she looks alright she looks alright I don't know anything about the character so I'm going in blind really um I am. I feel like, I feel like they might put too much comedy in it, which I don't really want. And I feel like Steve Trevor is going to be the basis of all of this comedy. Well, the, just the fish out of water thing. Yeah, and I, think, I hope that. I hope it doesn't last too long. I mean, I got I got tired of that just from the trailer. Yeah. Like, how many times is he going to be like, oh, is this how things are done now? Or oh, I didn't realize there was radar. Like, oh, great. Also, I'm just wondering, like, what happened? Something, something's got to happen to him. I'm just, like, even this whole how he comes back and everything like that, I imagine he must be gone by the end of the film because, obviously, in 2017, or whenever Batman v Superman is, he's not about. So, Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of gather that, you know, Pedro Pascal's character says you can be whatever you want, do whatever, you know, I can make your dreams come true. So, Kristen Wiig's Barbara... It's like, hey, I want to be an apex predator and becomes cheater and wonder, like, Gal Gadot, um, what's her name, Diana Prince is like, oh, I want Steve back. And he has the audacity to tell her that she hasn't aged a bit. Mate, you've been dead for like 35 years and you ain't aged a bit either, so shut That's your mouth. Hey, hey, do you think that trailer gives away way too much? Uh, um, what does it give away? <laughs> I didn't know how Steve, I didn't know how Steve was coming back for my... From my point of view, he could have been her hallucination. Mm. He could have been talking to her. Now we know some dudes, well, potentially some dudes going to give um, people their wishes come true. Okay, yeah fair, yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. You know, yeah, like, I, mean... it, I feel like I had more, I could I could have more guesses of what was going to happen. Now I'm, I think a lot of people can be like, oh, this, this character does that. So that's probably the villain of the story, etc. Yeah, you can sort of piece it together, and the only thing, presumably, that you aren't certain of is will she die or will she become an ally? I don't know what the comics say, but what do you do, what do you think of of um, Kristen Wiig as Cheetah? Do you like the? Uh, it's not really a costume, is it? Do you like the design of the Cheetah, Chris? Oh, mate. Uh, well. I think it's. It looks look, from the trailer. It looks like she progresses into the role, and I think it looks all right. It did look proper CGI though. The um, the cheetah, uh, mm. the full version. But then I guess it is quite hard to make someone look part human, part cheetah. So at least they didn't go down the cat's route. 
it, uh, it basically looks I, oh, yeah. it's so funny you said that I was literally about to say it looks like something out of cats oh does it oh, okay yeah and I don't want to relive that ever again <laughs> so yeah I mean to me you know not that they have to kind of increase the the threat of the enemy each time but going from um your boy whatever his name was Ares Ares you know Greek god to yeah. some woman being like you've always had everything and I've had nothing so I dislike you and I'm going to fight you like all right cool random question what do you guys want from this film from Wonder Woman 84 I don't know it's a weird one because we've seen her origin I guess in the first film we know a lot about what she's doing in quote unquote the present so this is more just to me a bit of a filler you know I, I don't know, like, I, I can't think, because I'm not super invested in these DC films, if there's a massive kind of skills gap between the first film and, say, Batman vs Superman or Justice League, are there things that she has gotten better at or equipped or whatever that you think, oh, I need to know how that's happened, mm. you know, at least with kind of Black Widow, she's always talking about Budapest, and there's like, oh, what's... I wouldn't mind knowing a bit more about that, but... For me, I'm not like, oh, wonder what Wonder Woman did in the eighties. Oh, you know, was she on MySpace in the early noughties? I, you know, I don't really give a shit. But yeah. What about you guys? I'm a bit the same as you. To be fair, I don't really know what I. I want something that's gonna progress. To, I feel like we've talked about this before. I don't really like uh, having prequel films that I feel like this film's not gonna further the the DCEU. Obviously, it's not really what they planned it to be. But I feel like it's not going to further her story much more to mm. where we were at the end of Batman v Superman, for example. So, yeah. like, it's just kind of like a story. Sto- like I say, it's kind of like a filler. It's just a story from her past, which is I cool. Feel, I feel but, like, you know. at least with, like, Aquaman, you know, you sort of... It was it was all set in Atlantis, wasn't it? So you sort of like, oh, okay, you understand more about the mythology and other characters. If they did that, you know, with Themyscira... Mm. then maybe you'd be like, oh, okay, I can see, you know, they're using this film to develop how Themyscira is and other characters within that to maybe shoot off. But at least from the trailers, it doesn't seem too much like that. Um, So, yeah, I mean, it looks, you know, it looks all right. But, yeah, I'm a bit like... "Mm." Um, But on the topic of the DCEU and related to the DC fandom event um is it fandom or fandom i don't know i don't know fandom uh, i think they announced that uh the justice the schneider cut is going to be four hour long episodes mm. separated presumably by a week each time yeah we had a discussion on our group chat about this um, I'm very much of the opinion that this is not a good idea. I would rather see the whole thing in, you know, one go. Because to me, having it over four episodes over four weeks or whatever, it just ruins the flow. It's sort of like when you watch a film on ITV2 and, you know, it gets to a decent bit and it's like, advert, you're like, oh, for fuck's sake. You know, and then but, by the time the film comes back on, you're you're sort of like you just lost the momentum. Yeah, and to me, that's what's going to happen here. Fair enough. Can because I we, we, oh, 
it's a joke. Oh, I was just gonna. I just want to say, like, we sort of know roughly. I mean, obviously, this film's gonna be presumably vastly like quite different from Josh Whedon's, and it's twice as long. But I don't know. To me, it's sort of like you're gonna sort of know what might happen in the next bit, and and I don't. I don't want them to, in a contrived way, feel like they have to do it in our segments if the story doesn't lend itself to that. You know, maybe you could have like you know the first act is 45 minutes long the second act's an hour and 10 you know bit got game of thrones in the sense that you're like oh maybe we need this long for that so i, I don't know um that's just me being a bit of a cinematic purist but what do you guys think about this decision i was gonna say that i feel like okay a couple things i'm well i feel like and i'm hoping that they're going to edit it in a way in which like maybe not every hour will be left on a cliffhanger but it will be left on a point where okay i feel like this could be like a closed chapter you know like when the irishman came out and people come up with some tweets saying oh yeah you can watch from here up to here and then from here up to here to kind of like break it up for you so i feel Mm -hmm. like i'm hoping it'll be like like you say it won't just be a point where like it just cuts off like it would on a film you watch on tv because that would that would be very annoying so i'm hope i'm imagining they're gonna put it in the appropriate places and edit it in the correct way um also like i would say also i feel like they're still going to film more stuff i feel like they've still got more stuff to do i don't know if you guys feel the same but i don't know i feel like they're not finished i feel like they're going to have to add stuff in i don't know maybe not Um, maybe yeah and also would you not be like if someone (laughs) if someone come out and like yeah we're releasing this film. It's four hours long. Would you not be like, what the fuck? <laughs> I feel like oh, four hours would scare a lot of people for watching it. Nah, because Endgame was three hours, and I know an extra hour is, is significant. That's Endgame. But... Endgame. They built up the stock. They built up stock. DC have not built up Snyder, stock to watch a four-hour film. Stock. I mean, Snyder Cut literally exists because of fan pressure. So, yeah. you know, yeah. I, I think if they said Endgame was three, four hours long, people would have done it. If they'd released... Course, you know, of pe- course. People go to fucking Lord of the Rings back to back. You know, yeah. that's like ten hours of medieval shit and middle earth shit. Uh, Would know, there I- not have part of you that was like, oh, four hours, or no? Uh, not really. I mean, no, <laughs> I mean, those discussions of having an interlude in Endgame because it was so yeah. long. And I mean, I would understand that a little bit more. Maybe have like a ten minute comfort break or whatever. But to have like a week in between. I mean, I'm I've got a sh- relatively shit short term memory, so if, uh, not that I'm going to get HBO Max, but you know, I'll be like, oh, what happened? And you don't want at the beginning of the next episode, like previously on the Schneider Cut, you know. <laughs> I don't I don't know. Chris, have you got any thoughts? Oh, I think he's left. Oh, is he? Oh, said he'll be back in a minute. Fair enough. Oh, um. Okay. um Okay, well, I want to... Is there anything else major about the DC fandom that you want to talk about? Because I'm um, conscious of time and there is a lot to unpack with Tenet. Okay, um, so, okay, quickly. Um, quickly, for this, the Snyder Cut thing, um, you watch, did you watch the trailer for the Snyder Cut? Uh, no. Okay, I just want to say, I was... I was oh, no, it did, actually, yeah. I'll say I was a tiny bit underwhelmed by it, um... Everyone else seemed to love it. I was a bit like, mm, I was a bit, bit, bit on it. I would say, um, I wasn't a big fan of uh, Dark Side. 
the way it looks, it looks kind of like it's a game. It didn't really look because obviously you think about the way that MCU did Thanos, and you're hoping it would be up to that standard visually, and it's not anywhere near, in my opinion. So that was a bit. I wasn't a big fan of that, but everything else that was in the trailer, I think I might be wrong, but I feel like everything I saw in the trailer is none of that is in the film that we saw. So that gives me hope that we're going to see something like pretty much completely different. I, hope. I mean, yeah, I mean, literally, you could watch Wedden's version of Justice League twice, and it would be as long as Snyder's cut. So you know, it's significant. Um, and also, I mean. Haven't they announced that Ben Affleck sort of now changed his mind and might be in future DCEU films? Yeah. So well, apparently it's seems be to. Impressive. Yeah. So I mean, you saw. I did always think maybe what's the point of the Schneider cut? Because if they're not going to do anything beyond it, you know, no Justice League two, you know, whatever. It's sort of maybe just a bit fan servicey. But if it's changed Batfleck's mind, if it's you know other characters. Um, who might now get a second chance, you know, like maybe Cyborg or whatever. Yeah. Um, I'm here. I'm, I'm interested in that because I think the Flash, the Flashpoint film uh, sounds very intriguing with yeah. obviously Michael Keaton, Robert Pattinson, who, you know, um, I, I have quite a bit of hope for now after his performance in Tenet. Um, it, it, it's looking bright. Um, I also want to just briefly touch on the Suicide Squad. Um, which I'm still not really clear if it's a sequel or a reboot or what. Um, I think it's a sequel. Okay. But I mean, the Suicide Squad. There are a lot of a, a lot of characters, um, some of whom have very funky names like Polka Dot Man and, and whatever. But it looks a lot of fun. I don't know how they're going to give all of the characters enough, uh, you know, screen time or enough to do. Because <laughs> them characters are dying, bruv. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe yeah, yeah. I <laughs> maybe it'll be a bit like you know early Game of Thrones where you're like, oh shit, he's dead. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it looks a lot of fun. So it's gonna be like, sorry, quickly, it's, into, it's gonna be like you know Deadpool with the X Force. It's gonna be mm. like that. Oh yeah, that that might be quite fun. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, obviously, James Gunn has previous in terms of kind of ensemble films, so I'm not too worried. But this is sort of like Guardians of the Galaxy, kind of time three. So yeah, uh, yeah it's going to be a lot to wield. Um, so yeah, conscious time. Quickly, sorry, the, yeah. the Batman trailer. Oh yeah. I mean, fucking hell! Have you seen actually the Penguin was in it? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's Colin Farrell. Yeah, I know it's mad, isn't it? It looks nothing. Because I was like, I was like, why would you pay all that much for makeup? Why don't you just hire someone who looks like that guy instead of hiring Colin Farrell and doing fair makeup? It doesn't really make yeah. sense. Well, you'd be hiring him for his acting talent, presumably. I guess. I, guess, yeah, I, guess. I mean, it's sort of, it's sort of a bit like having Bradley Cooper play Rocket. You know, like, yeah. it doesn't even sound like Bradley Cooper um, or Vin Diesel being paid millions to say, "I am Groot." Um, you what know, do you think about the trailer. I thought it, you know. It, again, it's very like classic Batman, very moody, very kind of dark. Um, it looks interesting, you know. Um, the, what's that? Sorry, I feel like Robert Pattinson's a bit emo. He looks a bit emo. Yeah, well, he's very. It's, don't they say he's year two Batman? So he's only yeah. quite quite early in his you know fledgling career. Um, the choreography looks pretty good. The Riddler, you know, I think that was always quite camp in the Jim Carrey one, but this, this sort of seems a bit kind of darker so 
yeah, uh, um, as, uh, particularly off the back of his performance in Tenet, I am now a bit more kind of confident in seeing Robert Pattinson in this sort of role. Mm. Chris? Yeah, what was the question? Sorry. Hi, sorry. Um, Batman trailer. Batman trailer. Oh, yeah, there's not much to it, is there, really? Uh, just looks like a emo-fi- emo-fied uh, Batman for the time being. Mm. I, uh, but, uh, I thought that was pretty good. I, I, I think I, I, I have hopes for it. I, I don't think it's going to be too outlandish. I think they're going to add a few characters in it for the wow factor. Yeah, uh, I, think, I feel like it's going to be quite grounded. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, if, I'm envisaging that if the Riddler is leaving riddles, it'll be a bit more like a crime detective, you know, like yeah. classic yeah. what Batman is rather than, yeah. you know, you know, he maybe has to like do a bit, yeah, a bit of solving and, and stuff. Yeah, because um, to be fair, um, Gotham did really well. And I think Gotham did really well in the aspect of the police mm-hmm. down um the villains rather than the grow up of Batman himself. So if they can incorporate the Batman slash detective side, then I think they'll smash it. They're doing mm. a TV show as well, um, which is set in the same universe as this Batman, but it's going to be, I think one year before this Batman takes place. And it's going to be about the corruption in the Gotham police department. Okay. I, I look forward to seeing it. I don't know how successful that will be, but I look forward to seeing it. Yeah, no, I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to it definitely. Yeah. Well, segwaying from one R Pat's performance to another, um, yes, Tenet, um, or as it's known backwards, Tenet. Um, <laughs> to be fair, that's the whole point, isn't it? It's meant to be a um, palindrome. No, not an anagram. Yeah. A um, palindrome. Palindrome, yeah. Yeah. And um, I read that the the villain's name is a, some sort of palindrome as well. Uh, yeah. Was it Salor or something? Or something? So, I read this as well. So, um, basically, there is a, a Latin square kind of tile. That's it. And it has five words, which are all palindromes. Mm. To the point where... It, no, it's not... Not each five word isn't a palindrome, but... but backwards, they mean something backwards, else. Yeah, so backwards, it says the same thing. So... And the middle word is tenet. So, yeah. And the so, first, the, and the first, and the word itself is the villain's name. So. Yeah, Sator, and then backwards is Rotas something. You know, it, it. Yeah. So this is kind of the main crux of this film is is kind of playing with time, things going backwards as well as forwards, and and kind of ent- is it entropy they call it. Um, kind of the reversing the chronology of something. So this is from the. Brilliant mind of Chris Nolan, obviously, Dark Knight trilogy, Memento, Inception, Interstellar, Dunkirk. Um, it's it's a sort of kind of spy time heist film, mm. to a degree. Um, I mean, Obi, you've seen it twice, so maybe you can make more sense of it than us. But this this fucked my mind. Like <laughs> I came out of it, and I was like, I was like. I was like, that was brilliant, but I really struggle to understand can, can, what can I ask, where. Can I, honest, can I ask, before we like dive into this, what would you give this out of 10? Um, I mean, on a hot take, just seeing it yesterday, eight and a half. Hmm. I think visually, it was like, st- 
stunning. I don't know how much CGI was used. I mean, a lot of it looked pretty practical, but, you know, the, the, I mean, the, the choreography in that fight scene when um, uh, the protagonist is fighting the, the masked guy, who you obviously later realise is also the protagonist. But the fact that, you know, it's just sort of like, it just defies physics, doesn't it, sometimes? You're sort of like, how on earth, you know, the way that he, he's played with, you know, I think they filmed everything forwards and then backwards. Yeah. So it's actually reversed. And the way that they've managed to knit that together, the editing, the, the sound, I mean, there were points where, you know, a lot of the sound design sounded like it was backmasked. Um, and yeah, the performances I thought was really good. The story was really intriguing, or if not quite confusing. Um, so I just, I thought it was, yeah, really, really, really good. What about you guys? Um, on first viewing, I said 7 slash 7.5. On second viewing, I said 7.5 slash 8. So I'll go in that 7 point, I'll say 7.75. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I really enjoyed it. Um, a bit like you, I, I come out of it and I was like, that was sick. What the fuck happened? I yes. was literally like, what the hell was going on? Like, I think I understood the the main bits of like what they were trying to achieve, but it was like the little intricacies. I was a, I was so confused, and I think I don't know if you guys agree, but I felt like the first time I watched it, a lot of the time the characters were talking and I couldn't hear what they were saying. Yeah, yeah, and agreed. That, so I purposely went back to watch it a second time with subtitles, just so and it obviously and it makes. Well, to me, watching it a second time made a world difference. So I, I loved it the second time round. Whereas I, think... just quite, I quite liked it first time round. Do we miss? Do we miss important dialogue then, like from from this kind of speech being a bit muffled? I don't. I don't think so. It, not. I wouldn't say important dialogue, but it's just little things that fill in. I feel like that fill in the gaps. Like it's. It's just. And I think I just found it quite jarring because when I when I was watching it the first time, because I was thinking like, what the hell was he saying? Like, am I supposed to be able to hear what he's saying? Like, mm. oh, does it not? I was thinking, like, does it not matter? So it was like playing on my mind, like, quite a lot. And yeah, and I think there were just like, even like to skip, obviously, like, right at the end when Robert Pattinson was going back and forth, uh, like, going through time and going back and inverting and reverting and whatever. That whole bit, obviously, even though I watched it the first time around, I didn't understand what he was doing or how he did it. Obviously, the second time around, I find it much more, much more clearer. And yeah, man, like same as what you just said a minute ago, I think in terms of action set pieces, really good. Um, especially like the, obviously like that whole uh, plane crash, that whole bit, plane crashing, him fighting his himself, all that bit was sick. Um, the only thing I feel like, uh, I don't know if I'm being harsh, but I feel like John David Washington lacks a tiny bit of career. I feel like he's not very charismatic. I don't know. I don't know if it's just me, but I don't know. I feel like well, a bit monotone. Yeah, very. Wo- I feel. I feel like it's very wooden. I feel, yeah. I, I, feel, I, yeah. I think that might just be his style of acting. And to be honest, it, it kind of worked. But I don't know. I feel like maybe he could have given given it a bit more oomph. I think. Yeah. I still like it. I think. I think you know certainly because it's in the spy genre, and obviously you know the benchmark for that is is Bond, and mm. obviously all the actors that play Bond are very charismatic. So I think that, that there is a, a lack. I think so. Um, Craig, charismatic. Yeah, I think he's got a certain charm. Um, 
when he plays Bond. Right, well, yeah, but there's a charm and there's being charismatic. Oh, it's one in the same minute. We can split yeah. hairs, but I think I, I think I'd say I'd say charm is like almost like being oh, fair enough. Whatever, I can't. I you know go carry I, on. I, I think there is a je ne sais quoi that um, John David Washington's character did lack. I mean, particularly you know when he's kind of sitting down with people and obviously he has to kind of assert his kind of machismo or whatever and be like, yeah, you're telling me this information. There was maybe machismo. Pardon? What's machismo? You know, like his kind of male kind of assertion, you know, asserting him as a male and being like, you know, I'm here, I'm dominant, you know. Um, th- there was something about that that I was a bit like, I don't know if I really believe it. But I think, you know, he was fine. I think um, Robert Pattinson's performance was very good. Um, I was a Just bit like... Uh, interject that. I feel like John David Washington would be a really, really, really good sidekick sidekick to a main character like a, like a straight man basically who kind of like uh, tells it how it is kind of thing I feel like he'd be a really good that next to someone who's like the lead character but I don't think from from based on the two films that I've seen him in I don't think he's a leading man yet yeah he's got bloody big shoes to fill isn't he well well it's like when he was in uh, Black Clansman I feel like he was the like the straight to the point person while um what's his name Adam uh, Driver. yeah Adam Driver was like Adam Driver's a bit monotone but he was he seemed the more charismatic of the two mm. film I feel so but can I just say about this film because I, I give it a 7.5 and I agree with you guys with the choreography I think is amazing uh, especially even that scene where they hone in on him going into the footstep in reverse yeah, mm. where it like splashes that kind of messed my mind a bit but there are two points in this film that I genuinely don't make sense to me right and I had a long discussion with Sarah with, about this film after we watched it because there was a lot of things that I missed that she got because I think she just didn't she didn't really like the film so oh, okay um but there's two things in the film that I don't think personally make any sense right the first is um when at the very end, when you find out Robert Patterson's character has known pretty much everything the whole time. Oh, I love that. that. Yeah? I love that. that I think it's pretty good. That. And I, I love the fact that he didn't tell him and he had yeah. to keep it to him. But the only thing that doesn't make sense, I think to me, unless I need to just write it down to make it clearer, is he said, we'll go on many adventures together, um, etc. Whatever, whatever the line was. And I was like... How is that possible? Because you're the Robert Patterson. If the, if I'm right in thinking, you're the Robert Patterson who's lived his life. So mm-hmm. you're you're, on that, you're now about to die. Yeah. And and this is the guy who's just started his career as the agent of uh, Tenant. Yeah. How's he going to have his career with you? He because... back to back to when Robert Patterson's young. So, but when does he do that? In the next film, I presume. <laughs> oh, right. So that's just the assumption that he's going to time travel back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because he, oh, okay. says, he says, this is, this is the end of a beautiful friendship for me, but the start of it for you, or something like that, doesn't it? Yeah, that's what, but that, that to me, right then, that point, that scene, I thought it was a great line, but then thinking about it, I was like, that doesn't really make sense to me. And, and even like the very end of the film, because uh, 
forgotten the bloody names of the main two characters. Um, well, um, John David Washington's character doesn't have a name. He's the protagonist. And Robert Pattinson's character is called Neil. Okay. Yeah. So the protagonist obviously ends up being outside the school to save the woman from getting killed. I'm assuming that's the new present day. Yeah. So, like, I'm like, if they had done that set in the past, <laughs> then I would have been like, oh, okay, he's gone back in time. But because they did that, I was like, oh, maybe I've miscommunicated something here. Um, I think, I think I'm assuming that she called him on the phone and then he's then gone back in time, so he's yeah. there at that point. Yeah, that's what I, I assume. I assume that as well. Well, I didn't assume that. I assumed he was. I assumed he was somewhere, and then he had turned up there, maybe in a different time. But I didn't realize it was from the past to the present kind of thing. I didn't realize that that bit of it. Um, oh, what was the other thing that didn't make sense to me? Oh, yeah. And the other thing that didn't make sense to me, and maybe you guys saw it, maybe you didn't, whatever. So, obviously, we had the car scene, which was epic, where the car's going backwards chasing the two main characters. Mm -hmm. And then you then revert time, and you see that it's actually the protagonist in the middle car while they're fighting. So, are we meant to assume that the protagonist in real time saw the protagonist in reverted time and they tr- they tried to do a swap for the whatever the machine was or the algorithm sort part of the algorithm and then when he reverted time he then lost the algorithm even though he knew his reverted self had the algorithm um so i did i did a lot of reading up about this and a so lot of, figure it out a lot of what i read to me wasn't immediately clear in the film so i don't know how much credence to give it but what i read was that when he reverted to try and intercept the what they think is plutonium that isn't um he, he couldn't get it and he ended up flipping because doesn't um neil say what's happened has happened and you can't really change it Hence why he couldn't have interfered with that, which also <laughs> doesn't quite make sense because the entire point of this film is to I think, stop something from happening that has. So, yeah, I agree with you, but I feel like this whole film is on a continuous loop. So I feel like the, at the beginning of the film, they've already saved the world. I feel like it's already happened because even well, like the. Even the bit with um the uh, Elizabeth Debicki's character, I can't remember her name. Um, yeah, because she says about she's talking. Yeah, say again. Cat, isn't it? Yeah, cat. Yeah, when she says about her husband uh, disappearing um, right mm. at the start, and I was like, yeah, that's because he's dead. I, like when yeah. I was watching that, I was like, oh yeah, he's dead. So like this has already happened. They've already saved the world, but they've got yeah. to do all this to save the world. <laughs> if that makes yeah. any sense. <laughs> I, I think I think you're right because my theory is is that if they if this was successful in the first, if if um, what's his name, Sartor's character was successful in his mission, then they would not be able to yeah. stop it from happening. Which therefore is a bit of a paradox in the sense that mm. surely, I mean, yeah, that that's that to me, the central plot of this film. I really don't quite understand. Like, what is Sartor's end goal? Is he wants to? He has got technology hands-on technology from the future somehow 
and is using it because he is dying to end the world. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. And he didn't mean to have a child because he says that's one of his biggest um, regrets. Crimes or regrets, yeah. Okay. So, how do. So, the protagonist has come back from the future, you know, prior to this film and told Neil, you know, this is what's going to happen. You're going to need to guide past me to do this, blah, blah, blah. So presumably the future protagonist knows that Sato is planning to blow up what the future, the past, whatever, with this yeah. algorithm thing. So how would he know that unless Sato was successful? And if Sato was successful, how would he have been able to go back in time to do it? Because if, if Sato wasn't successful, which by the end of the film he isn't, then therefore the protagonist won't ever have needed to know that it was going to happen. <laughs> Does that make any I suppose, sense? I suppose the thing is that you've got to think of it as there's a there's a there's a there's a weapon of of destruction out there. He's lived his life, and he's lived part of his life trying to stop this from happening because someone's told him it's happened. Then he's become this leader, the protagonist leader, where he's got to set things in motion to stop it from therefore happening in the future. So he, he, I assume he's never seen it happen because obviously you can't and that he's just doing stuff just in case things happen. I yeah. don't know about I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Well then it doesn't make sense though, does it? Cuz like you it's like Glenn said like if the world's destroyed in the future how can you how would you have been there to see that it got destroyed and then come back I don't see- think it's not it's like they say you can't. I think time isn't like linear or whatever. But it's like, like the thing where you can't you go back and kill your granddad because then you wouldn't be alive to go and kill your granddad. So I think, or at least that's one theory. And then the other, I think they said the future people's theory was that they could destroy the past and it wouldn't affect the future. Because, but so yeah, I think it's two different theories of how time travel would work. Um, and they can't, I think they feel like they kind of play with both in the film. Yeah, but I mean, if if you know what Neil says is you can't change what's happened, then the whole mission is futile, right? Unless he's misunderstood time travel. I mean, this is what baffles me. Is it's the whole kind of initial conceit of this is like, so Sator wants to. It's the future he's trying to destroy, right? Somehow, no, I think he's trying to destroy, destroy now. He's trying to destroy now. Yeah, the future, send him stuff so he can destroy the past. Because in the future, the world's fucked. And they think they think if they destroy the past, then that will allow the future to thrive. Okay. But um, then you've also got that scene where the kind of laboratory lady is like, oh, we keep finding things from the future in the past because of reverse entropy. So... How is that happening? Uh, yeah, yeah the future people are sending stuff back, but we don't. They don't tell us how they send stuff back. Right, and 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 one thing which to me seems like quite an anomaly is is the opening scene in the opera house because mm. to me that doesn't quite fit with 
much of the rest of the film. That's only there so it shows you Robert Pattinson's character saving the protagonist. Yeah. And to and to and to give you the the the, the introduction to the the reversing bullet, isn't it? Yeah. So, that's wait, so it, Robert Pattinson's character is in that initial. Yeah. Yeah. That's what, See, you didn't clock him, right? You gotta watch it again. <laughs> the little circle thing is on his bag. Yeah. He has the beginning. See, because yeah, when I first watched it, I wasn't sure. I had a suspicion that it might be him, but then obviously I watched it again. And I was oh shit, yeah, that actually is him who saves him. But yeah. I don't know what stage that Robert Pattinson is. I don't know if that's after he saves him at the end, or if that's a different version of him, or you know. Yeah. So, so but, when but, we see in that opera scene the bullet reverse, mm. is that Robert Pattinson saving him? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because also, to me, oh, oh yeah, go. well, no, no. to me, I'm wondering if so much of this film is palindrome. I'm wondering if there will be a sequel and it will somehow, by the end of it you could watch both films backwards and it would be similar. That would be jokes. That would be, that would be sick. That would be sick. My theory, and I don't know if it holds up, is that we're actually somehow seeing Neil's story rather than the protagonist. So, oh, oh, oh. You... I, saw, oh. I saw a theory about Neil online. Go on. That Neil is apparently there's a theory online that Neil is Sator's, Sator's son. Okay. So apparently, because his name's Max the son, right? It's a real, it's a real out there theory. But the son's called Max, and in French, it's like Maximilian or Maximilianel or something. And the end four letters, if you palindrome it, makes Neil. Fucking hell. And then they said, that, they said that Neil was bare smart and goes to private school. And obviously the little kid's been going to private school. And yeah, that and he's English. It, yeah, yeah, and he's English. And like, I mean, it's a long shot with what they were saying. But I was like, that'd mm. be interesting. Potentially. So for me, what my thinking is about it being Neil's story rather than the protagonist is obviously by the end of Tenet, you have Robert Pattinson's character, Neil, dying. And he says, it's the end for me, but the beginning for you. So, therefore, in the next film, presumably, you would see the beginning of Robert Pattinson's narrative. And, and the protagonist. Yeah, so, therefore, mm. you know, the, the end of this film, the beginning of the next film, it would sort of be like a palindrome, as you see. Yeah, and, and I, presu- I was thinking maybe the, the, uh, the, the Ukrainian opera scene would somehow kind of maybe be at the end of the next film somehow so that if you watch it in reverse you end up getting to the similar Damn, point. But to be fair in that ukrainian opposite i think they also found part of the algorithm in that in that scene too yeah yeah, yeah. But, so if you conceivably start the next tenet film where this one ended with robert platson's character dying and the protagonist realizing he is you know the architect of all of this and then that then goes from that point forward so that he then <laughs> Are Fine. you trying but, to tell me that, that Christopher Nolan stole the idea of this from fucking uh, Misfits? I don't know. I'd maybe. be lying if I said I can remember what happened in Misfits. Misfits? Yeah. They got, there's, there's a, in the first season, there's a guy with a mask on helping them all out. And then and you find fine. out in season two that it's the nerdy guy. And then, oh. and, then, and then the girl he fancies gets shot. So he goes back in time to then relive it all again and 
okay, maybe it's not quite the same, but you know, <laughs> two points yeah, I mean, chasing each other. You know, there are a lot of a lot of questions about this because, like you said, when we first meet Cat, she says, "Oh, um, he's got another woman," and he's yeah. and you see a flash of someone diving off the board, which turns out to be her. So therefore, like you said, it's already been successful. But yeah. then I also read that um, by the end of the film, she has to. So there would at that point be two cats because. That's what I was wondering, actually. A cat that yeah. dived off the board who has the scar from being shot. And you've also got the cat who at that point hasn't exactly what any of this. So I was wondering something what about yeah. her having to wait for the past cat to be shot and dies in presumably a different reality yeah so how like, does she get shot and die do you mean shot and not actually die but everyone thinks she's dead well presumably in that kind of timeline maybe they don't get to her in time or you know so you're that, again it's in this of assumption that there's two timelines rather than a cyclical nature of this again that's something i just can't get my head around is, is how yeah. it all works. I was wondering the same thing. So, like, for example, um, you've got uh, when uh, the protagonist and Neil and Kat, they all go back in time and they uh, re... They, obviously, they're inverted. And then at the point where they revert themselves, is there not two versions of all those characters currently in that space? So there I wonder what, hap- what happens then. That, that was there my... Must- yeah, so they, they said as they said as long as they well, wasn't it as long as they don't touch each other, they said. Mm. Yeah. And they so didn't what, actually they, they didn't actually touch each other. Yeah, that's fine, but, but is it, so there's just literally just two versions of them running around and then that's that. Yeah, but that's in that in that in that time space and then they and then they go back to their normal time, right? Do they? I assume so. That's what that was my assumption of a lot of this. So so the bit you're talking about, so I'm gonna go back to the woman. So on the so it took me it took me a moment to realise that this this the oh fuck it what is name the villain fuck it I can't say his name properly the villain on the boat at the end right it took me a while to figure out that he's the future one who's gone back in time to yeah. live out his last moments in his favourite memory right yeah. mm. but this is the thing that complicates it so much because his favourite memory to me doesn't exist because the favourite memory is her like seducing him right and that that is the older that is the older version going back in time to kill him, right? I think um, that already happened. Because, unless that's yeah. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. That's, uh, that's fine. There's, there's two faults in my mind anyway. So, okay, so, so she kills him, right? Then she dives off the boat, allowing the past version to live her life. And I think mm-hmm. that other version then goes to the future. I don't think she then lives a life as well. I think she goes to the future. That's the only thing I would like to know if it. That's like, fine. I would like that yeah. to be confirmed if they do yeah. go back to. I mean, that's that's. What, but that's what I assumed happened because otherwise, yeah, like you said, there'll be two people roaming around, and then I guess you'd have to be in hiding for the next five years until, mm-hmm. or however long it was, until the other one goes back in time to do what she's meant to do. Yeah, I mean, it's an absolute mindfuck. I'd love this to be a director's commentary it's, where he just explains it all. <laughs> the only thing that started really fucking it about for me, because there was bits like, obviously, like, when Robert Pattinson doesn't kill the villain, kill the supposed villain, I originally thought he was a bad guy and he was mm-hmm. working with the, the gang 
And then when they got to that room where there was reverted time on the other side, I was like, oh shit, okay, I figured it out now. They, it was them two guys all along back back in the in the other building. But like, I, I feel like it was it was somewhat predictable. But then it's then once they introduced proper time travel, that's when the fuckery started. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I, I was quite confused at the end end scene where I was I was a bit like, why is the blue team going backwards and why is yeah. the red team going forwards? So they right. said, oh, we we we're learning. The blue team have already done it and are coming back. But I was a bit like, it made my head yeah. hurt. And I was oh, like, who? They said it was like a what's it called? They say it was um. That's the one. But yeah. also, it wasn't clear to me who they were shooting at because they all start shooting when they come out of the plane. And I was Mate, like, well, I have no idea where they were to begin with. It took me a long, it took me a quick minute to fucking realize to what, what? the fuck, where they were, what they were doing. I thought the red team was shooting at the blue team. And I was like, well, you're on the same team. Stop shooting at each other. That's why you guys need to watch it again, because I was exactly the same as you. I never thought the blue and t- red team were shooting at each other. The only bit that got was a bit confusing was, like, obviously, when Robert Patterson gets in the vehicle, starts driving, and then they start yeah. shooting the vehicle. But I'm assuming that's a bit, that's a bad guy's villain uh, a vehicle that he's jumped into. Yeah. But to me, it wasn't clear that they were going into, like, enemy territory. Because there was like those people who had like the white kind of snowy camouflage, which obviously turned out to be Sarkle's guys. But to me, that wasn't clear, or maybe I missed a bit. I feel because... like it was a briefing, but they were muffling a lot of what they were saying in the briefing. Yeah, yeah definitely. Because I, that okay. was the point. That was the point where I was turning to. I, I turned. I remember turning and asking, like, I was like, "Did you hear what I ju- what they just said?" And Sarah was like, "No," and I was like, "Oh, okay, right. I'm gonna have to figure this one out a little bit." But yeah. like. The, the bit that really got me, and actually Sarah had to point it out to me, was when how Robert Patterson was able to revert, like he was inverted, he was in, he was reverted time, he was a reverted time team, wasn't he? He's blue team. Yeah, he started off he, on blue team, yeah. Yeah, and then all of a sudden he started going forwards, and I was like, what the yeah. fuck? When did, when did he do that? And Sarah was like, that's when he went under the building and he yeah. used the machine, didn't he? To I, then go back. <laughs> The first I, was like, I, was I was like, do you have like a little fucking Ben 10 watch or something? Clicking yeah, so so <laughs> presumably there's about three or four Neils at one point, right? There's the one who... Why do you think there's going... more than three or four Neils though? Well, because he's going back and then he reverts. And then as he's going forward, so he's now technically red, presumably. Let's just say to try and make it a yeah, bit yeah, easier. Yeah. And then he sees that they've hit the trip wire. So then he gets in the car, driving to try and save them. Punk him, yeah. Then he he goes back goes, a bit. Go, yeah, and then he ends up in the cave and gets shot by mm. the skinhead Russian-looking yeah, guy. I, I'm, then, right, I'm right in thinking he's the one. He's the guy laying dead by the door, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so maybe okay. there's just two, but then then he ends up outside again with his dead body also being downstairs, and then he's like, "I now need to go back and die." And so, and die, yeah. So I was just like, "Wow." Yeah. I mean, it's, what? It's, it's also, I think the film's confusing, but I think it's a good type of confusing. Like I'm enjoying having this discussion with you guys exactly. right now. How confusing it is? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, when I first came out the film, though, like obviously I've given it a seven. I, like, I, I'm probably on, I'm like in between seven and seven point five. Because like it was a good story, and I, I just feel like that like for a two and a half hour film, I feel like the in places could have been a bit more detail. Yeah, like, I think there was a lot of jumps. Explanation, yeah, 
and especially so like this is a bad example because I I kind of got why they were doing it I think but like when they're sitting in the back of the the crater and and I feel like there was time skips in between their talking like three or four times in the crater yeah when like some of them are sleeping and then some of them aren't and... oh okay because Sarah, so Sarah pointed out something not not near the end it was like when they were doing the yeah kind of near the end actually yeah yeah when they got the woman on the on the trolley in they got the woman on to, um they're trying to fix the woman up because she's okay, just been yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. and Sarah made the point that two times Robert Pattinson's character is taking off gloves and throwing them in the bin and she was like I don't know if that's a blooper and I was like well there was time skips so maybe it's a time skip from him doing it from one time to another yeah I think it was a time jump yeah yeah but so possibly say, we're, we're not seeing the same loop we're possibly seeing they might have done this so many times and we're just seeing different points of well, maybe loop. it's a glitch in the matrix i think that's uh, there was a point where they're on a boat and you see out the window it goes past this sort of like black kind of metallic looking kind of signal in the sea and then it reverts back but the, the boat is going backwards so presumably it would pass many of these, but the way that it looks in the film is as if it's the same one, just flitting back and forth. So to me, I was like, what is going on here? Um, and then one of the last things I want to say, and then you can talk about this, is in that last scene was probably one of the sickest bits of the film, visually, was when that building goes from rubble oh, yeah. back to <laughs> yeah, being yeah. Like, full, but then the top gets destroyed and the bottom gets destroyed. Yeah. And I was just like, what? That was sick. That was, like, sick. That was sick, but I was there confused, you know. Yeah, so was I. I was just like, what? They were showing it being destroyed yeah. and coming back yeah. up, but they were showing it in both versions, both blue team and red team's version. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I kind of I put pieced it together afterwards, and I thought it was yeah. kind of funny when he stepped on a bit of rubble and then he went fucking flying. He was, <laughs> yeah, I was, was like, back into the building. Um. My head hurts talking about it again. It, I mean, it, it's a quality concept, and I'm I'm fucking mesmerized on how he thinks of this stuff. But do you know what he he from a kind of uh, box office point of view is amazing because he he creates these films that you have to go and see two or three times to make sense of it. So he's like, yes, I'm guaranteed like thirty dollars of everyone's money. <laughs> sure. Um, I was gonna say. So uh, <laughs> the only thing about the film that I thought was a bit. That and not annoyed me. I was just be like, mm, was so cat. Obviously, she's like trapped in her marriage. Um, like she can't see her son. Blah blah blah. But then we find out that Sato's got pancreatic cancer, like inoperable. So like I was thinking, like he's gonna die in a couple in like maybe a year. You can just wait. <laughs> you don't no, have to do any of this. But the point is, he's trying to destroy everything before he dies. So I know. But I was just like, you can just wait for him to die, and then you can see your also- son. <laughs> also, Sarah, Sarah made a good point. She was like, "This this woman is like, she's rich, right? Because he's obviously giving her money, and like, what's stopping her from just shooting him? Like, she's not Yeah, but his Fitbit is the yeah, but she doesn't um, know that. She doesn't know that. Yeah, but she doesn't know that. She just she just tried to kill him, doesn't she? Yeah, yeah she and then he gets yeah. saved. But like before that, like why is it now when 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 our got when our when our protagonist is coming into effect that she's suddenly well, been like maybe you don't want to go straight to murder, innit? Maybe, yeah. but she was gonna go to prison for saying else, so yeah. you know, you're living it yeah. yeah. I mean, I definitely need to go and see it at least once more. Yeah. Probably yeah. with a director's commentary. Um Yeah. I mean Maybe, maybe I'll go and see it again, and next time we meet up, 
we can maybe make a bit more sense of it. But I, I find it I'm very really enjoyable. I'm really happy That's, to see. Yeah, so do I. Um, and, and if he if he manages to kind of plot it in a way that it is a pure palindrome, then like thirty kind of. Yeah. Director. The thing is, the, the, um, I feel like the risk with that, yeah, making a second one, the palindrome, unless he's got like a, unless he's going to link it to the palindrome, palindrome square where it's like five films or whatever, I feel like you're at risk of like midway through the film, people just realizing and just being like, oh, okay, this is it backwards. And it's kind of like, oh, bit mm. of a pointless like watch. Do you know, not pointless, but it's not as. It, unless it's a unless it's something that you can figure out right at the end, it's a bit of a like, oh okay, you've done that already, but now you've just like yeah. extended the story yeah. a little bit further. Do you know what I mean? Like, I I, I, I know what you mean. huh? I know what you mean. Yeah. So I do. Yeah. I, I was saying a minute ago, like, I, I, like I thought, ugh, it's just long, and it? it was just a two hour, two and a half hour film. It's quite long, but like I would go and see. Especially a when it, your brain hurts. Yeah, exactly. Like, the second time it flew by for me. Two and a half hours. Okay. Well, uh, well there's points for me. It was taking a bit of time, but it was good. It was good, though. It was like, it, it's like you're saying, it's something you want to watch to try and figure out kind of thing. Mm. And it provokes good discussion. So, yeah. I mean, I've got to shoot off, but cinema's back. We're happy. Started off with a proper brain thinker. So, uh, yeah, maybe the next film that we see in the cinema can be a bit more kind of classic escapism and don't yeah. have to think too much about it. But, um, yeah, all right, guys. Well, is there, is there anything we want to watch for next week? Um, there doesn't seem to be too much. Well, the, the boys will be back by the next oh, podcast. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'll watch that. I'll continue making my way through, slowly through the Umbrella Academy. Alright guys, speak to you later. Alright. Next you. Cheers. Uh, bye. bye.